a few of us decided to do some street preaching. A little random, uh, you might say. Street preaching, probably more like street evangelism. So we weren't just on a little soapbox thing. You might say it's random, yes, but uh, also definitely no. We ended up down at QE2 Square in Albury, approaching people who were sitting around in circles and just minding their own business, really. Um, And we were starting up conversations about God. Um, And the starting line for me and this guy, Will, who I was with, I was like, we went up to these people and we said, oh, we're just walking around today starting up random conversations about Jesus. And we're wondering what you think about that, about Jesus, when you hear his name. Um, And went up to small groups. It was like, it was a day off, still holidays for for Victorians. So there was a group of, I think, Catholic college students there, probably about 14, 15 of them. And we started this conversation uh, up with some of the girls and some of the other guys were talking with these guys. And then we went up to these other group as well. And there was like this uh, gothic emo crew and like with all the, you know, great lot of piercings and kind of cool hair and that sort of stuff, very dark looking, and just went up and asked this question. What do you think about Jesus? Just came to hear your thoughts. And uh, it was fascinating. Um, one of the uh, gothic emo chicks said something like, we don't mind about Jesus, we just don't like Bible bashers. I'm going like, uh, like us. And they go like, no, no, you're all right. I'm going, okay, right. <laughs> Um, but it was amazing that actually we had conversations and people were asking questions and people were like re- relaying their experience in the church from just this random question we were asking people. We were praying beforehand, but that's some amazing stuff. And despite even how angry or aggressive we often feel like people are, this was amazing. And, uh, but there was one comment that really stood out to me when we were doing this stuff, this street evangelism, or QET, two evangelism, or whatever. This Catholic college girl said, the whole Jesus dying on the cross thing, I just don't get it. The whole Jesus dying on the cross thing, I just, I just don't get it. And I reckon that most of the people, all the people we talked to on that particular Monday, they would have been thinking the same thing. I just don't get it. And I reckon this comment represents the reality for, for everyone. In the passage we looked at last week, we read about the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. And we heard that this message of Jesus Christ crucified um, created a strong response in those who weren't believers. When people heard it that weren't believers, they just went, that is foolishness. That's like, doesn't make sense. So like imagine this Paul who's presenting this argument to people about Jesus Christ crucified and, uh, and they're just saying, nah, they're just dumbfounded. They're like, nah, nah, can't be right. Just doesn't make sense. And just the same then, it's the same today. People continue. I mean, go and test the theory. Put, it, put my words to the test. Go out this week and uh, go up to someone and say, in love, of course, and compassion, there's only one way to enjoy a relationship with God, and that's through faith in Jesus Christ. You've got to put your faith and your trust in Jesus to have a perfect relationship with God. Go and say that to someone, 
And uh, most people will just look at you sideways and kind of go, that's a bit silly. And I'd even guess that here tonight, here tonight, there are people who currently think, yep, Jesus Christ crucified, it's a little wacky, it's a little silly, a little old school, it's a bit out of date. Basically, some of us here tonight saying, I don't, I don't get it. Yet Paul is spouting off in this letter the message of relationship with God through the death of Jesus Christ is wisdom and power. People, so if we look at it, there's like this gap. There's like this gap between... That's a great ringtone. Anyway, there is a gap. And it's the gap between someone uh, going from ignorance to seeing Jesus Christ crucified as foolishness to then moving and seeing it as wisdom and power and as the way of being connected and embraced by this amazing God. How can we really understand it? Or maybe the question that's more relevant for you tonight is how can a person who you're currently seeking to share the gospel with, how can that person go from seeing it as ignorance and foolishness to seeing it as like wisdom and power from God and the way to have a relationship? Well, in tonight's reading, Paul communicates the how. He communicates the how of how it's possible for someone to understand And he begins by making a point. So, and the first point is very clear. And he just says, human wisdom, human wisdom alone cannot ever understand the gospel. That's the first point he makes clear. So check out from verse 6. It says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, Now, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, Paul is saying that he's speaking a message of wisdom among the mature. And that is to say that those mature in Christ are those who are uh, the, compared like the mature, the the ones who believe in Jesus Christ and are actually mature in their faith versus those who don't believe and who are perhaps just new in the faith. The more the mature the believer gets, um, the the more mature believer gets. You see, the gospel has been kept secret. It's been hidden. That's why Paul says if human wisdom and intellect were enough, the rules and authorities, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. If human wisdom was enough, they would have understood. But instead they murdered the Lord of glory. They murdered God. No, human wisdom is not enough ever to understand the gospel. So if you look at that, it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. So if you're here tonight and you're thinking to yourself, man, I just don't get it. 
or what's wrong with me? I can't understand it. Is there something wrong with me, my brain? You know, do I have a problem? Or maybe, what's wrong with them? Why don't they get it? If you're thinking, thinking this, here's your answer. Yes, yes, and yes. Yes, there is something wrong with you. Yes, you do have a problem. Yes, the person you're seeking to share the message with has something wrong with them. And your problem or their problem is everyone's problem. Our rejection, our rebellion against God, our sin against God has blinded us. Makes, us in, makes it impossible for us to understand. As an aside though, for those of us who are followers of the way of Christ, if we reckon we can discern, understand the things of God um, just by my own brains, our arrogance is deceiving us. And we've got a problem as well. Now I reckon um, at church here tonight, there are a lot of pretty smart people. Put your hand up if you're smart. <laughs> Good, we've got three. Yes. Um, there'll be a lot of people who I reckon could lay a pretty convincing argument out. You know, they could put a pretty convincing argument about Jesus Christ and him crucified and why that's the most amazing thing ever. Like Lee Strobel and his book, The Case for Christ. You know, it's a great book for an unbeliever and it's a, it's a great book for us to read to get a, a grip around, gee, what's a good argument for presenting Jesus? And like, if you can't, aspire to it because it's great. But let me just say that your argument alone will never, ever be enough. If your only strategy for leading someone to faith is you and your argument, uh, your strategy is lacking. It needs something else added to it. Human wisdom and understanding alone cannot ever understand the gospel. There's only one way. There's only one way ever. There's only one way ever to understand the good news in the fact that Jesus Christ died and rose to life. More to the point, there's only one way ever of understanding the things of God. Let's have a look at the next thing Paul says in verse 10. He says, But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. There's only one way of getting it. There's only one way ever, and that's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Check out in, this ver in these verses how vital the Holy Spirit is, that Holy Spirit we need, that Spirit of God that is so awesome that's been given to the believer. So we just read it in verse 9 that never has an eye seen, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind conceived. He was saying that the people, that we just cannot get it. And then he says, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Never has someone known the mind of God, yet now the spirit reveals it to us. This is 
profound. He illustrates the vital nature of the Holy Spirit through a comparison. He compares a person or people with, with God. And he basically says, no person can really ever understand the mind of another person, except the spirit that's in that person or that person himself. So I cannot understand you and you cannot understand me, only my spirit, only I can understand myself. And Paul says, it's the same with God. He says, no one can know the thoughts of God except God's spirit, except God himself. And then he read it, it says, we have received that spirit. We have actually received that spirit, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is profound news, but it's God's spirit that reveals it to us. Now, in the, in the context of the letter, this, is all, this truth is quite interesting. Paul has been saying, guys, there's so much disunity in you, the church at Corinth. He's saying, guys, there's just so much disunity. And you're all claiming that you're somehow superior. You know, that you've got a, um, you know, you're superior in some way. That you follow a person in your church called Apollos or Kephas or, or Paul or whatever. And that somehow makes you superior. That's, that's your belief. And maybe some of us here tonight are thinking in kind of the same way. That we're better in some way. That we have got a more right or a better thinking because of our own wisdom or understanding or the person we follow. And Paul is saying no. Paul is saying no, no, no. You can't boast in this way. He's saying you can't possibly be this, this arrogant. You can't possibly be this self-righteous. You can't possibly believe that you're better. Because it's God's prerogative. It's his choice. Someone can only ever know something about God if God in his mercy reveals it. Do you see that? It's amazing. There's no place of self-boasting. There's only one way ever to understand the gospel and the things of God. It's by his spirit. By spirit revealing it to us. You might say, hang on, Phil, I've got a pretty good brain and I've got a good intellect. I can understand the gospel and the things of God by reading the Bible. Or I'm going to go and listen to a great preacher of the word. And I'd say, fair point, you got me there. Because the Bible's like God's word, isn't it? The thoughts, if you like, God's thoughts on, on paper, which is amazing. But do you know, it is possible for a person to read the Bible and not understand it. And I'm sure we can all testify to that fact. For example, the times we've been reading the Bible and it's been as dry as dust. And it's been dry because God's Spirit has not been bringing it to life. There's only one way ever to understand about the gospel and the things of God, and that's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this truth, this truth um, should humble us to the core. It really should. It really should humble us. I, I, I remember as a kid growing up, and uh, we went on a holiday to the Gold Coast, and this is to illustrate the point. And uh, after much pestering, I can remember mum and dad like giving in to the kids' request to go for a ride on a go-kart. You know, they've got go-kart tracks, you can hire them and buzz around. 
And it was a heap of fun. And I can remember, from memory, I, I think it was the, the four kids, so my sister and the three brothers and, and my dad who were, who were on the carts. And we're burning around this, this track, having a heap of fun and trying to do the whole slipstream thing and then, like, on the straight duck out. And, of course, you're not going that far, so you don't get very far anyway. And then we might try and pass them on a corner so you get on the inside lane or we just cut across the dirt and try and get there anyway. And um, but it was awesome fun. But it became clear after a while... Who had the fastest cart? And that was Simon. Simon, my arch nemesis for a while as a brother. And he just had the fastest car. And then I think it was me and then whoever, but dabbles at the end, fierce competitor, very sad and grumpy that he was the slowest. But my brother had the fastest cart. And he was like, oh, at the end of the day, you know, he was crowning himself, you know, kind of king of the, the racetrack. And he was just so happy about himself. He was just like, gee, I'm a good driver. I'm just flipping brilliant, like, and just raving about it, talking about it. And it was a load of rubbish. It was his cart. His cart was carrying him. Now, of course, you're laughing because you think I'm just, like, being a bit like, oh, it's his cart, whatever. (laughs) It's his cart. He, He, of course, would deny it to this day, but... I can remember clearly, you go down a straight, neck and neck, and he'd just go, mm, like this. But at the end of the day, he was going like, I'm the, I'm the man, I'm the driver. Now, we've got to realise, people, God is carrying us. God is carrying us. We must seek him with all our might, yes, but he's the one that reveals stuff. So we need to be humbled. We need to be humbled that it's, it's him that does the, the revealing, the growing in us. There's no place for arrogance or self-righteousness. In Psalm 139, 23, I reckon I need to do this. I'm not sure about you. Um, It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And in verse 24, it says, See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That should so be our prayer, just that God would search us and show us where we fail. And if there's anything kind of arrogant or self-righteous in us, that we might become more like Jesus. should be humbled. We should be really humble people. And as uh, we look at it again, I think the, the fact that God's spirit is the one that reveals stuff to us and grows us, that should also uh, challenge us in another area as well. And that's the area of we should be seeking to be more and more dependent on God's spirit. It has to be the goal, really, because if we want to be people who grow toward maturity uh, to become more like Jesus and it's only God's spirit that can do it, we just need to make more of our life just dependent on him. We just heard he's the only one that can do it. How can we be more more dependent? Well, I reckon it's be less dependent on yourself. Daily surrender your desire to live for yourself and ask God's spirit to help you live for him. So die to yourself, if you like. Repent of your independence from God. And then ask God's spirit to help you live for him. You know, every day is filled with moments where we have this choice to make. Every day, a choice to be independent from God or a choice to be more dependent. A choice to live for yourself or a choice to die to yourself. Die to your own way of living. And with every choice you make, you build on either. With every choice to die to living for yourself and ask God's Spirit to help you, slowly but surely, the more God's Spirit, the more God's Spirit grows you. The more God's Spirit grows you to become more like Jesus. 
So daily choices to live for yourself or to die for yourself. To be dependent on yourself and independent from God or dependent on him. So what kind of choices do you have? Everyday people. Do you launch straight into the day, thinking, planning, working over, how are you going to tackle it? Or do you stop and go, no, I'm going to ask you for help, God. I'm going to pray to you. I'm going to be still before you. I'm going to read your word. Or do we uh, see in a problem or stressful situation that you'll be all right? You know, that you'll get through it by yourself. Or do you stop? And do you then surrender, give God the situation and ask God's spirit to help you work through it? Do you get drunk? Or do you ask God's spirit to help you stop and just kind of flee? Do you push the physical boundaries in a relationship because it's all right? Or do you stop and you ask God to help you and do you just flee in the other direction? Do you walk by a person in need? Or do you um, stop and have a chat and see if there's any way you can help them? Do you choose not to come to church and meet together with other believers because you're tired or you just got too much on or you're something else? Or do you come and make a really powerful statement that, God, I depend on you, that this time here is yours and I just trust that you will, you will lead me? Do you pass by the obvious opportunity to talk with someone about Jesus? Or do you actually ask God for courage to take the plunge? Daily choices, people. Daily choices, daily opportunities to ask God's spirit to help you. Opportunities to depend more on his strength and less on yours. It's a great irony though, isn't it? Because like we've got this Holy Spirit that lives within every believer and wants to grow us and shape us and lead us and direct us and yet we just tend uh, not to ask, not to go to him help for help straight away. We tend to wait so long. We wait till we have nowhere else to turn. We wait or we don't even ask for help. Do you, do you do this? I know I do. And it's an indication of the way um, part of me seeks to be independent from God, to get by in this life through my own strength. It's a sinful part of me that remains to be dealt with. And it's certainly my prayer that with every new day, a bit more of that old me will die. We really need to be, seek to be more dependent on God's spirit. Well, let me conclude with a bit of an illustration. It happened to Savo. My wife, uh, Michelle and I, and uh, young Benjamin went to a, a friend's house uh, for lunch. And um, the, the person was a lady Michelle had met through mum's group. And she, was, she baptised her son this morning at a Lutheran church in, um, in Thaguna. She hosted this lunch and then one moment before the, the lunch started, there was like um, all these chips and like crackers and dip and stuff. And Benjamin, he's just got on the chips, I tell you, he loves them. And it was like he was, uh, there were chips on the table and then there was also a similar age girl um, who's also this lady's daughter, and they both spotted this chips and this dip, and they're going for it. They've got to get there. And Ben was on the chair first, and that was the step. 
That was a step they had to take before they could kind of start hoeing down these chips and this dip and stuff. And he's up on the chair and this little girl is trying to like, and trying to push him off. And Ben was going to win, so I got another chair because he's strong and tough and all that sort of stuff. But here they are, these kids. And they know that, yeah, that the next step, the step they need to take to get to that goal is the chair. And I've got to get on that chair so I can get myself some dip and some chip. I don't think they know it's dip and chip, but they just think it tastes good, so they're going for it, whatever. I don't know exactly where you're at tonight. I do not know exactly where Jesus is in your life, where your dependence is on the Holy Spirit, or if you've even met or you've even started a relationship with God. But what I can tell you, regardless of who you are, regardless, your next step is to be more dependent on God's Spirit. That's your next step. If you want to come to faith, it's help me, help me Holy Spirit. Help me just give my life to you. Help me repent. Help me just turn from my old life. God's Spirit, just help me. God, help me. Or if you're in a place where you're like, man, it's dusty here. I haven't tasted the water of life for a long time. Your next step is to cry out to the Holy Spirit, to cry out to God. Oh, God, just help me. Holy Spirit, help me live for you. Or if you're a solid Christian and you desire to become more mature, it's daily die to yourself and Holy Spirit, help me. Help me die to that life and live for you. If you're like, man, I keep walking past that person in the street who is poor and I don't like the look of them and they stink, but I want to love them. Your next step is die to yourself. Holy Spirit, help me. Or if you're someone who's wanting to share your faith, but you, like me, find it really hard, it's die to yourself. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me die to myself. Holy Spirit, help me. You see the point, wherever we're at, the call from God is be more dependent on me. If you want to go forward, be more dependent on me. If you want to deal with your anger, be more dependent on me. I could just keep going and going and going. That's the challenge for us, to ask God's Spirit to help us live for him. I wonder if you're willing to pray that prayer more and more and more regularly. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we...